Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 230, if you didn't believe it. And this is the weekly wrap-up, if you're new, here for everything that happens, the big news, the big stories in and around the world of Apple, and then also the greater tech world as a whole. So thank you so much if this is your first time here. If you're coming back and you just want more and you got to get your weekly fix, thank you so much for continuing to come back. Now, I do want to let you all know we do have voicemails in this show. Y'all are sending them in. Y'all are ramping them up. And also, you want to be a part of this show? All you got to do is just call in. You don't really call in. You record a voice memo on your phone, on your laptop, on your tablet, whatever platform you're on. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. AppleBitsShow at gmail.com, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your situation, your observations, your questions, your comments, your corrections, put them all and we will put them in the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It supports the podcast. It supports all my videos. It's people that are listening next to you that are supporting this show that allow you to also listen to this show. It starts at $2 per month goes up to $5, which is like a cup of coffee, if that's what this value brings to you. That's the $10, $25, and the $100 Platinum Apple level. So you can support it. What do you get? Early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of this podcast. You don't hear any of this. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. And thank you. Thank you for your continued support. All right, let's get into the show. We've got iPhone stuff. We've got a little iPad stuff. I would say it's a little cornucopia of things, and we are still ramping and waiting for the big tech season to kick in. But August 10th, this is when Samsung is going to officially do Samsung Unpacked, where we expect to see their new foldables, maybe their new Galaxy Watch. That is really where we're going to start thing, seeing things accelerate. But right now, I haven't really done this in a while, and I think that things are building up, and we haven't talked about really maybe some of the things happening around the latest iPhone. So let's let's jump into kind of some of the latest iPhone rumors and maybe some of the bigger ones that you haven't heard lately, or maybe you just need a refresher. I'm not going to give us the entire refresher, but kind of some of the big things happening around it. Now we know that, you know, it pretty much is going to look the same, but the camera specs, the actual physical size of the camera will be better, will be bigger, and the camera will also be better. I mean, if you look at images that have leaked at least from renders, it is pretty tough to see the difference. But the big, I think the big difference that we're going to see physically in this phone is, um, it, it probably favors me the most, the fact that the rumored color that's coming to the iPhone 14 lineup, um, the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro would be purple. And it will be like a classy metallic purple, but it's going to be purple i love that um that's this is me being very selfish personally uh but the other things that maybe you haven't heard about that are being rumored lately 
is what about this? A vapor chamber thermal system. So this would be a system that helps uh, control the device temperature, specifically maybe under more intensive tasks. And we know that at least the Pro line is expected to get the new processor, which would be an A16 chip. The iPhone 14 standard line is expected to keep the same A15 processor. So A16 Bionic on the Pro line, and then an A15 Bionic on the standard iPhone 14 lineup. Now, we also know that other phones have a system like this. You've got smartphones from Samsung, Razer, and LG that have already incorporated technology like this. So it's not clear if Apple has changed its plans, but this is one of the rumors that has been thrown out there to handle these more CPU-intensive tasks. And when I think about that, what what would be kind of the most intensive task coming down the line for Apple that may involve the iPhone? Well, that would be Apple's new headset. So maybe this could play into that. We also know and expect that this year is one of those generations where, I mean, it happens almost every generation that, yes, the photos will get better. So this new camera on the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max is expected to feature a 57% larger sensor compared to the iPhone 13 Pro Max. Those are based on rumors. And the rumors, actual device's sensor is said to be 1 and 1.3 inches in width. That's a 57% larger in area than the 1 and 1.65 inch sensor of the wide camera on the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max. So with the larger sensor, the expectation is you get sharper detail in photos, better improve low light photography. So this is one of the big changes that we expect to see just even, I mean, believe it or not, right? Even better mobile photography with the new iPhone 14 Pro camera. And then also the increase in megapixels from the wide camera lens to 48 megapixels compared to the 12 megapixels on the current high-end iPhones. And so I think, at least for a content creator, we already know how incredible the photos look. And will they look that slightly more incredible? Yes. Will most people not really notice and not really need that? Yes. But again, I think a lot of these you know, bump-ups that we may or may not see are going to, more than anything, help contribute to this if it is being used in conjunction with the Apple AR VR headset, as well as the rumors of 8K video potentially coming. This wider aperture, also paired with autofocus, is going to allow more light to come through the lens. So overall, better quality, overall improved low-light photography coming to the iPhone 14 Pro lineup, uh, right? That means even better portrait photography, We've already seen how their portrait mode has really evolved and gotten better and better. But I think that there are times, if you look at what Google's doing with their Pixel lineup, uh, there's times where Pixel's portrait photography just looks better and can cut out a little more specific with the AI and the machine learning that they have. So we'll see how this adds to the bokeh effect and other details. And and maybe it even contributes to um, their cinematic mode where you can change focal focal points in real time in video right now it supports 1080p so will we see that happen to a 4k video we'll see also reports is that we are finally saying goodbye to a physical sim card potentially in the new iphone 14 lineup it may not feature a sim tray card and then i think a big one that a lot of people are curious about we got the new a new one terabyte storage option for the iphone 13 pro max last year 
and everyone's kind of waiting for it to kind of hit that benchmark. Could we see, again, these are reports and rumors, the iPhone 14 Pro Max model hit a larger two terabyte configuration? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I think if there, there are also reports I had talked about in earlier shows about how they're using a faster type of memory that's going to be more efficient and six gigs of RAM or sorry, six gigs of memory because of how Apple system manages it um, would be standard across the lineup as well. So will we see that as well? I mean, a lot of just more under the hood improvements. I think most people are going to be fine with their 13, 13 pro. um, But whenever there's a new iPhone, some of us are in the habit of getting the new iPhone I'm kind of curious because, you know, I have skipped iPhones before. Now that I have to review them for a living, yes, I do buy it. But I do kind of feel right now in this moment in time that if I was a general consumer and I look at what's happening with the 13 Pro versus the 14 Pro, I'd probably hold off on the 14 Pro. I mean, I'm just being honest. If I'm not reviewing these things, I'm holding off on the 14 Pro. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what it has to offer. It's not the fact that it looks the same, um, but a lot of it is you know, nice incremental bumps that might set it up better for the AR VR headset more than anything else. But who doesn't want a better camera? Everyone wants a better camera. So that's kind of some of the big things happening around the iPhone. Let's talk entry-level iPad. Now, we're expecting to see a completely new redesign that would be more similar to what we've seen with the current iPad mini. New renders and leaks of of what is believed to be based on schematics from my smart price, my smart price, um, show off what we believe to be the device. Basically, think of it as looking like, yes, very similar to an iPad mini, but this would be for the entry model 10th generation iPad measuring 10.2 inches in screen size. Uh, the big thing is it'll still have a home button. You'll still have the slightly thicker bezels. It'll have Apple's flat design with the rounded corners. Um, But the big thing that is revealed here is that we do not see any type of headphone jack on this entry-level iPad. Now, again, these are just renders based on schematics, but according to their schematics, they don't have any headphone jack on this. And so would this be the iPad family, the entry-entry-level losing the headphone jack uh if we know how apple does things it wouldn't be a surprise i mean i'm still not the biggest fan of that specifically on an ipad which has the thickness to support it and is really inconsequential whether you put it in or not but those are what appear to be the plans but you'll still have a touch id power button or you know the face id or touch id you have the option between the two for this entry level model all right, let's talk about maybe the Apple Watch. Now, we, we've gone on a little bit about how the Apple Watch looks like that they will be coming out with some sort of a pro-level model that could potentially have a 7% larger screen. According to this latest report um, from leaker Shrimp Apple Pro, who has thrown out some good, accurate things here and there, it's believed that the standard 41mm and 45mm models of the Apple Watch Series 8 will feature the same design as the Apple Watch Series 7. Now, this is interesting from a standpoint of we have heard reports that the new Apple Watch Pro for the Series 8 will have a new kind of design 
but is still not reportedly a design that is that flat edge body design that we've seen and will be inspired by the current models. I mean, who knows? Maybe that design is a slightly different bezel on the display. Maybe the edges are slightly less rounded, but according to reports, it will have a titanium case. It'll be more durable. It'll have that 7% slightly larger display, and but still not that flat design. I'm just kind of shrugging with my arms right now. I'm like, hmm, okay, I guess. Uh, the leaks say that color options for at least the standard Apple Watch Series H will be midnight, starlight, silver, and product red. No reports of a purple Apple Watch yet. I'm just throwing it out there. If I, if I could make it happen, I would make it happen so that the watch... I mean, look, they went with all the blue colors for the watches and the phones and now the MacBook Air. And if they start introducing a phone that like a, an, like a pro phone that is purple, why don't we get a purple finish on a watch? Why don't we get a purple finish, oh my, on a MacBook M2 MacBook Air? What if that's like the new random color when they do that? Sometimes they've done that like six months to a year after it's released. They throw out a new color just to spark sales i did not end up buying the m2 macbook air i actually had one on pre-order configured but the more i you know i just recently went on a trip for a project and my ipad pro 12.9 inch does exactly what i would do with the m2 macbook air so i did not order it for myself and so i saved a nice chunk of money too and i'm happy about that i also did get a lot of heat from people um i would say not a lot but more than i expected about saying that people who complain about the entry-level MacBook Air that aren't buying it should stop complaining. And everyone said, a lot of people got mad and saying, oh, you sell out. You're such a shill for Apple. You support their fact that they have the slower drive. That's wrong. Uh, There's some interesting points that people made about this. So the M2 MacBook Air, the new one, yes, the actual physical speeds of the entry-level base model hard drive are slower. Am I a fan of that? No, but do is it something that I'm really pissed off and mad about? And the answer is no, because for me, I'm the customer that would get a larger capacity drive. I'm not going to get a 256 gig drive on my laptop if this is going to be a laptop I'm going to live with and plan to live with for at least five years. I'm going to definitely bump up the storage there, even especially obviously as a content creator. But let's say I was just a casual user. I need more storage space. Look at these phones. Your phones are starting to have a one terabyte capacity now, maybe potentially two terabytes. Let's, you know, some people say, oh, I trust the cloud. I put all the stuff on the cloud. I actually will put my files. I have, I do a physical copy of my phone to my, to at least somewhere a hard copy on a laptop or computer. So if I'm getting that M2 MacBook Air, I probably want storage to at least accommodate that if I can. But I'm not the customer who's getting the entry-level M2 MacBook Air, so I am not going to complain about it. If the drives were slower across the board on all the high-end models, then I would complain about it. So that's my position, is really more, I'm not saying Apple did the right or wrong thing. I'm not saying like, oh, this is bogus, but I'm saying if you are complaining about a computer that you are not going to buy, what's the point? I Again, I put my hands up in the air and shrug. Now, some people said, oh, a computer... Should, that is exactly the same, should not cost more with a slower drive. Okay, this is the dumbest argument I've heard. I'm sorry, but it isn't the same exact computer. 
it is a MacBook Air by name, but they basically revamped everything. They did the design, the speakers, the screen, the processor, the ports, the design, the screen, the sc- processor, <laughs> the ports. And pe- so people, that's the number one argument. It should fundamentally not cost more, or sorry, it should not cost the same with a slower drive because it's the same machine. It's not the same machine. The other the other argument that people say is that, oh, that some people came at me with was, oh, this computer should have a standard hard drive of 512. That it should be standard in the industry. So I went looking around and Dell's, Dell's XPS 13, which is literally the competitor in the market, are really as close to, you know, competitive comparison that you can do with an M2 MacBook Air. You might even argue you'd you'd line it up more closer to a 14-inch Pro, but look, they ha- their standard configuration entry level Dell XPS 13 um is comes with 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, and its price point is 1169. $30 cheaper than a similar configuration with Apple. And so someone's saying that a base model should absolutely have 512 gigs of storage isn't looking around at a true competitor in that same space, in that same target price. $30 difference is like, when you get up to that price point, that 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 doesn't that's not a difference. So, you know, you got a lot of people that, are mad and then my response to some of these people that are mad about this and maybe some of you are listening that don't agree with me and that's okay we don't have to agree on everything um if you're mad about this are you actually buying the base model because i i feel a lot of people that are mad about this still aren't those people buying the base model and i think it was kind of artificially created there's a lot of hype around like it's a slower drive and everyone goes like oh it's a slower drive it kind of reminds me of a lot of people who complain about the Apple Studio display that are never going to buy one that complain about the Apple Studio display. So I think there is a trend of maybe amping this conversation up and complaining a product, but if you're not going to buy it, I don't understand why are you complaining about it. And so that's those are my two cents on kind of that topic. And whether you agree with me or not, actually, I would love to hear what you think. You you know, those points, your points are just as valid as mine. It comes down to purchasing decisions and what makes sense for you. Don't get mad at something that doesn't make sense for you when you're not going to buy it. That that was my biggest point that I was trying to make. All right. I'm going to get off that tiny. It's not, it wasn't a soapbox. It was a tiny box. And some people right now are like, I'm never going to listen to this again. I completely disagree with you. We probably still agree on a lot of things, but just maybe not that. All right, let's take a breather and give a big thanks again to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Now, if you're a fan of it, look, sushi is incredible, but um, gas station sushi, eh, not so much. Finding the right sushi, though, it makes all the difference. And the same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you've heard even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place, like they will listen. 
Now, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else that I don't want to know about. ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. You search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments, and now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and it's a go-to whenever you need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash AppleBits, ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits. All right. You know, I was just talking about um, people complaining about the Apple Studio display that didn't even buy it. But there was a complaint that people had. Now, remember when it first launched, um, it was found that the webcam was not as good quality as maybe some of other Apple's products with the web camera incorporated. And so there was a software update for that. And then recently, some people had been complaining that there's an issue with the studio display speakers um, and that they didn't sound... They just didn't sound right. There have been a bunch of complaints about that. So Apple released an updated version of the 15.5 firmware specifically for the studio display to address and fix this. So sometimes the speakers were like cutting out or giving you distorted playback. That has been reportedly resolved with this new firmware update. So, hey, good on them. I mean, look, when it comes to the whole webcam issue, I just put up a video on my channel this week for... Apple's continuity camera and how you can use a camera. And it's going to be interesting because I think, look, some people do sell their old phone and trade it in to um, buy a new phone. And I'm not saying this is a solution. Apple's not telling you to buy a phone as a web camera, but a lot of us have them. And it it's just a great, it's a nice option to have. I like how they allow people to now repurpose or use your current camera on the go as the best camera that you can for any type of video call. It doesn't work with just FaceTime. Once you connect it um, through, you know, the OS automatically detects it. This will work for your Zoom, for your WebEx, for your Microsoft Teams, you know, even just recording QuickTime videos uh, directly through the app. So I just like the fact that they thought, hey, let's just put this in. And quite honestly, it's probably one of the best features of the new OS if you actually use it. Also, Apple's MacBook Pro power adapters if you're expecting or hoping to buy kind of an extra one, a backup one for the 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pro, you're going to have to be waiting a lot longer. Currently, the estimated delivery times are out to six to eight weeks on Apple's online store. So, so let's say like you were planning to buy one today. Um, that might take a delivery date around October 3rd. So they have multiple week shipping delays in several countries as well. Um, you know, their higher wattage power adapters have been in short supply for a long time. So in back even in like September 2021, there was the 96 watt power adapter that had a two to three month delay. So Apple just says they're experiencing supply constraints right now. And that's what's delaying them. I, you know, because I travel back and forth between the Bay Area to see my family. And then obviously I live down south in the greater Los Angeles area. I have an extra power adapter up there. I got it when I first bought the computer. So I'm 
I'm kind of happy that I did that. Not too shabby. You can also, though, you know, you can buy third-party power adapters. They may not have... Uh, I know there's plenty from, like, uh, who? Spigen and Anchor that are, like, 65-watt power adapters, which is pretty much what you do when you plug in the one that comes with your machine. So that that's another option, and they're readily available. So I would suggest, hey, maybe maybe go check that out. Now, those might be delayed. Um, something else that is planning to get delayed specifically for Apple is the launch of iPad OS 16. So that would mean the iPad software will not launch alongside iOS 16 in September um, as it typically does. And the delay is looks like it could be related specifically to Stage Manager, which is a feature that will be working on both iPad OS 16 and Mac OS. And so what we're saying what we're thinking is that this delay is because of this implementation. You know, they're working out some of the bugs and so they'll need a little bit more time. Even if it comes after iOS 16, it's fine. I mean, let's be honest, don't we all use our iPad like exactly the same way as we did almost like when it first came out? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. And hey, um all those new cool sexy iOS 16 home screen wallpaper creations, lock screens that we can do. Um, you know that that is coming next year for the iPad, I bet, in iOS, or sorry, iPadOS 17. So that's that's when it's going to kind of be like, ooh, I could I could take things to another level here. So um, just expect potentially that iPadOS 16 um, in October would come, and then it would be more timed with the new iPads that are releasing, which have been rumored to be M2 versions of an iPad with an M2 chip. Um, And then also that entry-level iPad that I talked about, no headphone jack, but yes, a USB-C port. And those are expected to debut sometime later this year. Also, um, just kind of a fun side note, before we get to our phone calls, Apple TV Plus has their very first full feature-length 3D animated film that is now available to watch if you are an Apple Apple TV Plus subscriber or user um, it's called Luck, and it's created by Skydance Animation. It revolves around an unlucky person named Sam Greenfield who suddenly finds herself in the never-before-seen land of luck where she must unite with magical creatures to turn her luck around. It's on Apple TV Plus now. I I would say, um, I'm gonna, I haven't talked about this on the show, but I'm going to give a little plug out to Apple TV Plus. If you happen to watch the show Loot... There's a part where there's like some news reporters in the show in the first episode and in um in Loot, not Luck. Loot is the show with Maya Rudolph. Um it might feature my lady Shana Mendiola in it. I'm just saying that's why Apple TV Plus is my favorite TV service of all time now, guys and gals. It is easily my favorite TV service of all time. I wonder why. Yeah, so anyways, Luck, their first ever dedicated animated movie is on Apple TV+. Plus. All right, I told you that we had some calls this week. I love it hearing from you, the people. Remember, all you have to do is record a voice memo on any platform. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, questions, uh, situations, comments, whatever you want to talk about, corrections. And also, you know, maybe you can call me out because you still, you know, you don't agree with my take on the M2 MacBook Air. Look, 
I'd love to hear from all of y'all, whatever it is, good or bad, or you know, maybe somewhere in the middle. So we've got some great calls here. First one comes to us from my man, Jaleel Shaw, an incredible musician, and he wants to talk to us about AirTags. Ooh, I dig it. Brian Tong, hope you're well. This is Jaleel Shaw. I just wanted to call and give a testimonial. I, um, I've been on tour almost all summer long. Thankfully, I'm back to touring a lot. And I was in Europe. And lo and behold, just like you've probably heard a million times this summer, my bag got lost. But luckily, I had air tags in it. And even when the airlines did not know where my bag was, I knew where my bag was. <laughs> and when I got my bag, the airport didn't even know that my bag had arrived. I knew that my bag had arrived, and I had to make them go find it. So I just want to say I think air tags are amazing, amazing, amazing. And I think everyone should get one that's traveling because I literally knew where my bag was the whole time, and I wasn't as worried as some of my friends um, who were in the band that could not get their bag um, because I knew where my bag was. My question is about the HomePod Mini, because I'm also traveling a lot with a UE Boom, which I really love because I can listen to music on the road, and it's very portable. You know, I, I, I just charge it, and I can take it anywhere I want. But the HomePod Mini is not, um, like, a, it doesn't have a lithium battery, as far as, I, as far as I know, and you have to plug it in. Do you think that we can get a HomePod Mini that's more portable um, you, you can just charge it. You can take it anywhere. You can take it in the pool. And, you know, it's just as portable as a JBL and uh, a UE Boom. Because I think if I could get that in a HomePod Mini, I would go to a HomePod Mini immediately. Um, hope you're well and talk to you soon. Oh, Jaleel. Okay, so I love that because, look, if Apple's listening to this podcast, and I actually do know for a record that they do listen um, – I don't know if they get all the way to our calls, but they should listen. I th- I think that the biggest challenge for Apple is that they're so late to that game. Like there's so many brands that are doing great stuff. Like you said, you know, Ultimate Ears uh, for UE. Uh, you have JBL. You have Sonos. Who to me, yes, they do charge a little extra more, but because Sonos is plugged into their own platform that talks to every single music service um directly from a specific app it makes it the most appealing to me i think uh my the there's most portable speaker is called the sonos roam i did review it i think maybe about a year ago so that might be the solution but i i think that you know because jaleel like many of us are in the ecosystem and it has that apple aesthetic and it has hooks to our devices um that that would that's a big appeal to it so I'm going to say, Jalil, that they will not be doing that anytime soon, but we do know that they are planning to, according to reports, to revive and bring back the HomePod, the original HomePod, in some way, shape, or form. I think that Apple's also, we've talked about this a lot, they're spread so thin that it would surprise me if they made a portable speaker. But if they did, I think that they would sell a lot because guess why? They are Apple. I just don't think we can ever underestimate that. So uh, we'll see what happens there, Jaleel. But thanks so much for calling. Great to hear from you, man. And I am so happy that you are performing again. And for people that don't know, during the pandemic, 
Jaleel actually helped out and performs beautiful uh, saxophone number on, I did like a live stream just to kind of help lift people's spirits because, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and it wasn't the funnest time and people are all stuck at home and he gave his time to contribute and it was amazing. And so, you know, I always got love for you, man. So thank you so much, Jaleel. Really, really appreciate it. Okay, let's go to our next call. And uh, I couldn't exactly get the name here, but let's hear what they have to say about Apple's processors. Hey, Brian. This is a long-time listener with a question about the current slate of Apple Silicon-powered computers currently being offered. Now that the transition to their own chipsets is nearly complete, what is the estimated lifespan for support for Apple Silicon-powered laptops and desktops versus the typical length of time they had uh, supported their Intel-powered products? Uh, with that in mind, are M1 series-powered products still a good buy, like the M1 MacBook Air or M1 MacBook Pro, um, as they start to become a little bit more affordable and go on sale, especially around uh, the school year starting? And uh, the reason I ask is because I'm wondering, like, ha- have I lost out on two years of longevity in, in terms of support? Uh, thanks. Uh, love the love the podcast. All right. Thanks for the great question. You know, um, here's the thing. It it always comes down to what are you going to do? Because, you know, let's let's answer the first part for support longevity wise. Now, if you look at iOS 16 and you look at Apple's website and if you look at macOS Ventura and you see what models and how far back they are supporting when it comes to hardware, um, we're talking about going back as far as five years. So iOS 16 says it supports the iPhone 8 and later, and that goes as far back as uh, 2017. And then the computers that Apple supports, at least with Mac OS um, Ventura, also goes back to five years. So let's say it's roughly going to be five years of at least software support. Now, if you talk about longevity of the computer and the device, look, the reality for me is once Apple made that jump, to the M1, it changed everything, specifically for someone like my mom and my dad who are literally doing email, word processing, and web surfing. If that's, and looking at photos, not even editing photos, if that's what you're doing, um, you're gonna be good with an Intel machine from like 10 years ago. It's relative to what you wanna do. Now, what I would say is, if you're looking to do any type of video work, even dabble in it a tiny bit, the biggest thing between the M1 chip and the M2 processor that we have seen based on performance results of the M2 MacBook Air is that they incorporated Apple's proprietary media engine and what this allows this chip to do in the M2 family is have performance in decoding and encoding video, like we're talking about 4K video, 8K, 8K video, and render out extremely fast if you're using Apple's products. So for example, an M1 chip does not have Apple's media engine built inside to crank through high quality video. The M2 does. And so if you think you're going to play with any video whatsoever in the future or for, you know, family members future who are aspiring video creators, you can still do it with the M1 and do it pretty damn well, but I think you've got to get that video engine as a fundamental feature for whatever future machine you're buying if 
you want to get in a video. If you are not and you do not care, I legit, although I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it for myself. You're still good with a machine that's running an Intel processor. It may get a little hot, but it, and it may make a little noise because of the fan, but if it's just email, web surfing, and word processing, you're, you could, you could have bought a machine from a long time ago. So my recommendation is I, I also think that with Apple's architecture now and Apple's own software, I kind of feel like they might even support the, you know, the OS's maybe push it a little more. But I, I think five years in general, just historically is the cutoff from a software support light standpoint, but from an actual, how long will this machine last me? If I bought an M1 for my mom and dad today, I think that machine is going to last them at least 10 years easy and because of how they use it and what they do. So I hope that helps. I know it, I don't know exactly what you do, but I hope that answer helps to some degree. And um, now we're seeing, I've talked about this, you know, you go from M1 to M2, you get that media engine, but from a raw processing stamp, power standpoint, you know, you're getting somewhere in between a 10, 15 percent gains in performance when you talk about real world quote unquote benchmarks that I put in air quotes because benchmarks don't mean everything. Um, you're not going to see as big of jumps anymore when you go M1 to M2 to M3 unless something fundamentally changes in the architecture. The big jumps now that we're seeing is obviously from M1 to M1 Pro to M1 Max to M1 Ultra. And then if this new Mac Pro machine goes with this rumored, let's call it in air quotes, M1, or sorry, M2 Extreme, that would be the big, big kahuna of performance for Apple. So uh, we're just going to have to see how that all plays out. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out again to support and kind of catch up with me, hang out and check out all the latest news. We will, as we get closer to the new product launches, obviously we bring in guests, but again, this show, is brought to you by you. And we got to give a big shout out to our platinum Apple supporting us at the $100 Patreon level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jared Luce, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your contributions and support. Thank you to all of you who continue to allow me to do this show. You're all incredible. I am humbled and I just keep on working my booty off um, because you are all supporting this adventure this career for me and i i can't say thank you enough so that's gonna do it for this week's show thanks so much again i love it call in everybody guys and gals applebitsshow at gmail.com that's applebits with a z put in your calls i'm gonna put them in the show all right take care and be safe and we'll talk to you soon it's the apple bits xl baby peace